The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello and welcome to Well Seekers, a community of people seeking the best ways to live happy and well from the mind down. My name is Lucia. I am so excited to talk about today's topic. If you guys have been with us the last few weeks, this is the last week in workplace wellness, mind, guts, whole life, holistic living. Work has been our focus for the last five weeks. We had an incredible guest talking about mental strength, a guest talking about three-minute meditations, my good, good friend Isaiah talking about his own personal journey to starting his own business and leaving um, a work condition that he didn't necessarily, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't his dream. He, you know, stepped out on faith. We had an episode last week where Maddie Vac joined us to talk about ways to work out regardless of your work schedule. And today we're talking about something that really stresses people out. And we got a lot of emails about, and that is what do you do when you have a coworker or a boss that you just do not get along with and is making your life mentally and emotionally difficult at work. So today's episode is all about how to stay happy at work mentally and emotionally well in spite of a negative coworker. So there was a study done by LinkedIn and they did a survey talking to over a thousand working adults. And this was done just last year in 2018. And they asked them what their greatest struggles at work were. Of course, some of them would be what we thought. We talked about work-life balance and working and working out. Some of it was managing the workload, but the number three most difficult thing to deal with at work was dealing with coworkers and bosses. So one out of four employees, they found about 26% said that dealing with coworkers was something that they struggled with daily in the workplace and that the people that they worked with actually made their life either better or worse. I have to say, I'm just going to share a little bit about my own personal experience. I've had a variety of workplace experiences and um, coworker experiences and even doing jobs that I absolutely loved. If I was around an environment that was not healthy or there was someone there that brought the workplace down or if I had a boss that was really demanding or micromanaging, it was a challenge for me to keep a positive mental and emotional state. And I found that if I loved my boss, the work that I was doing didn't matter as much as if I didn't like my boss or I didn't like my work environment. I was in a situation semi-recently where I was making a third less than a, a different position that absolutely drove me insane. So people don't even care necessarily about what they're doing or how much they're getting paid. Of course, we all need to live as much as they did care about who their coworkers were. No, that was number three. And number five was um, dealing with managers. In this LinkedIn survey, they said that 23% said that dealing with managers was often a challenge. They also said that people quit jobs and quit companies because of their managers and because of their coworkers. So if you add those two up, that's about half of us saying that we're having problems with coworkers or managers. 
what can we do and how can we deal with difficult coworkers? I'm going to give you some of my own personal experience and some ways that I've managed with it. And then just some of the theories. How do you handle coworkers or what are some things that you can do to communicate with them better? And then we're going to have a guest on. His name is Pete Parada. He is a licensed professional counselor. He's going to come on and give us some ways, simple and real ways that you can apply to your work, how you can take care of yourself regardless of who surrounds you. Just to start, of course, if there's half of us or over half of us dealing with challenging situations, we want to know how can we handle this? So let's look at the different type of coworkers. Sometimes you'll find, at least in my experience, I found regardless of where you work, there's always sort of the same type of personality. There's um, a couple of ones that get highlighted a lot. The two most ones that you probably will experience are the bully and the negative coworker. The bully can come in the form of a manager and it, or it can come in the form of a coworker. Bullies will make you feel intimidated regularly. You probably dread going to work or near that particular coworker. Or if it's a manager, it's even worse. You're going to dread seeing that manager. I worked in an environment where everyone was pretty much a bully and that was, it it made work miserable. If you're yelled at, if you're insulted, if you're put down, you probably work with a bully. Now, bullies can often cause, like most bullies, regardless of where they are in your life, psychological and physical issues. There was another research article that I was reading that said that people actually can have psychological side effects from having a bully at work or someone that they deal with at work that is intimidating, whether it's a coworker or a manager. There's about 54 million Americans who said they've been targeted by a bully at work, which if you look at the workforce numbers, that's over a third of us that deal with a bully at work. Now, the second type of most common person is the negative coworker. Some coworkers will wallow in negativity and just try to bring people down, whether it's because they don't like their job or they don't like their company or they don't like their home life. It doesn't really matter. But you know this person, they're super negative at work. Those are the two main types that you're going to experience at work. Now, let's start with the negative coworker first. According to this article from The Balanced Career, the best way to deal with a negative coworker is honestly to avoid them. If you have a negative boss, the best way to deal with that negative boss is honestly to do your work and again, try to avoid them. So now that we've talked about dealing with a negative coworker, let's talk about the bully. Now, the bully is a harder scenario. There was a 2017 study done by the Workplace Bullying and Trauma Institute that said that over 60% of Americans have experienced or witnessed workplace bullying. That's an exceptionally high number. I can say that I've experienced it in multiple workplaces. And oftentimes it's something that even if you bring it to HR, it's not dealt with. It's not dealt with appropriately. The Workplace Institute talks about confronting the bully head on or going to HR and talking to them about bullying. But like I just said, there's so many different reasons why sometimes that doesn't work. And there's just this culture of, well, accept the bullying or move on. But what if you can't accept the bullying and what if you can't move on? What can we do to take care of ourselves? Well, that's what our guest Pete Parada is going to come on and talk to us about. It's so much easier with a negative coworker just to avoid that coworker. But with this bully, you know, trying to center yourself when you are getting berated and mentally and emotionally triggered throughout the day, that is hard, especially when you need to stay in your job. So Pete's going to come on and walk us through some self-care techniques that can make coping with a bully easier if you can't get anywhere through channels of HR or confronting the bully in some sort of way. 
So make sure you stick around for Pete Parada, licensed professional counselor. He's going to come on next and talk to us about simple and real ways to take care of ourselves in the workplace if we're experiencing any sort of mental or emotional distress. We'll be right back on Well Seekers. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. You want to be part of the Seekerhood? It's easy. Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com. Hey guys, it's Lucia. Thanks so much for checking out the show. You may not know this, but we also have a website, wellseekers.com. If you know anything about our show, you know I'm all about simple, easy, and real life ways to live mentally, emotionally, and holistically well. And sometimes that means getting information from the show, but a lot of times that means also checking out our tools. So if you're looking for some real life, tangible ways to live your best life, check out the shop section at wellseekers.com. And we're back on Wellseekers with our guest, Pete Parada. He's a licensed professional counselor and full disclosure, a good friend of mine. His wife, Kelly, has been on the show before. Hi, Pete. Hey. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Pete, we've been talking about ways to deal with a difficult coworker or a difficult boss. And we chatted a little mm. bit about how it can truly take a mental, emotional, and even physical toll on you when you're dealing with stress at work because of a bad relationship, whether with it's with a coworker or with a boss. And what was astounding to me was that over 50% of people have some sort of real, actual interpersonal struggle with someone at work where it causes them deficit in their mm-hmm. life, which is astronomical to me. Yeah. Um, does, doesn't that seem high to you? Absolutely. I mean, especially when you think about companies like United Healthcare, right, who have, you know, a quarter of a million people working for them. Think about the, the lost productivity as a result of how much of your time gets occupied by thinking about what this other person is saying or doing or impacting you in a negative way. Yeah, that, that seems, it seems really, really high. Honestly, it does baffle me, too, that some of the larger companies, like you just, you just picked one, but we could name... Mm-hmm hundreds of large companies that if 50% of their workforce or maybe even greater are dealing with interpersonal conflicts that the, and productivity is suffering because of it, you would think that they would Mm -hmm. make wellness a bigger factor in your own professional opinion. Why do you think Mm -hmm. wellness, like mental and emotional well-being, is not a priority within any workplace, small workplace, large workplace? Why do we let this cultures of bullies or negative coworkers exist? You know, Keith, I, I don't know. I, I think largely because we have this sort of thing that's kind of ingrained in our DNA. We need to be sort of likable and come across in a way that, I mean, it's the glue that really holds the society together. Think about when you're going to order a sandwich at Subway, you know, you don't walk in and cuss at the guy working behind the, the counter and he just cuss at you when you walk in, right? Like ultimately, you don't want anything extra put into your sandwich that you didn't order, right? And, right. and he wants you to come back and, and, and enjoy the experience. I mean, there's a million different reasons. One of them could be the way a person's personality is even organized, where if you are, say, high in trait neuroticism, and your, your, your natural resting condition is anxious, unhappy, it's going to be awfully hard to even have a conversation with anyone, even on, on good circumstances. I was just going to say, you raise a really good point that 
it may be a byproduct of the fact that we don't put that much emphasis on mental and emotional health in life mm-hmm. in general. So yeah, if we're exactly. not mentally and emotionally strong people or healthy people, that's going to bleed into all aspects of our life, including the workplace. So do you think it's just a byproduct of not putting enough focus on mental and emotional wellness? I think, I think that's exactly it, right? Like I think that we are incredibly resilient and remarkably strong, strong beyond our even comprehension. I think that it's just not something we focus on. In, as a, in Western civilization in general, I don't think what you do a very good job of, of understanding mental health. You've got to think the field of psychology is, I mean, we're talking, what, late 1800s, early 1900s, as far as it's making a, uh, an appearance on the, on the world stage. Like that's a, it's still, we're, still, we're still learning. Yeah. You know? I think it's so interesting, and I was going to do a post about this, but I was studying for a test and had like a section on emotional wellness. And it mm. was a paragraph long. And I was like, this is horrible because emotional yeah. wellness and mental wellness, they should not be separated. And honestly, you should throw physical in there too. Cause one of the things that we talked about before you yeah. came on was that mental and emotional stress leads to physical manifestations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't understand how corporations haven't caught on that breeding a a workplace culture of emotional and mental wellness leads to physical wellness and productivity. It's just baffling to me that we're not, this is not a common thing in people's lives yet. Well, yeah, you know, honestly, I I don't think that people know how to handle it, to be honest with you. I don't think people know the right way to go about doing it. I do think that in some, in in many cases, corporations do try to take a poke at it. I mean, even if it's half-heartedly, you wouldn't think it gets addressed, but I think when it comes down to, you know, the rubber meeting the road, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a supervisor, you want to be liked by the people that you're working with or working for, depending upon the person, obviously, speaking in generalization. It's hard to have that conversation. Pull someone aside and say, dude, you're acting like a jackass. Tone it down. It is. It is. And I think that those words in particular would probably not be the ones used. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But they should. They should be like it should be a common thing to to be able to tell people like, hey, this is not okay." Sure. So before we launch into some of the questions that I had for you and that I wanted to share with our community of seekers out there. Do you have any personal experiences at work that you'd like to share? Like I was talking before you came on about how I have worked in workplaces that I've, I've had either a colleague or a manager that's been negative and a bully. Those were the two types that um, stood out in all the research studies that I read and all the articles that I read that there's really two, two major drains in companies. And one is the bully and one is the negative coworker. And I've experienced both. And it really has taken Mm -hmm. a toll on my, my health in all aspects. Have you ever had that experience and how did you deal with it? Absolutely. Um, so here's honestly what I, what I had to learn was number one, keep the resume up to date at all times. Um, (laughs) did you say keep your resume up to date at all? That's right. That's right. You know, I mean, it, in some cases, you, the only recourse that you have is, is maybe to seek life elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate to start there, but that's, I mean, sort of a, an unfortunate reality. I think number two, I mean, I, 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 mean, I do this for a living, right? So I, I, I've, been, I've had some success with addressing it head on, but, you know, there have been times when I didn't feel comfortable doing it 
had it, had it because it was, you know, like a supervisor or a supervisor's supervisor and mm-hmm. being as skilled as you possibly can and, and knowing what your options are, you know, um, if I could be as general as possible. I mean, I can give you a specific example if you like. I wanted to give multiple specific examples, but I felt like sure. I shouldn't. <laughs> like well, I yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to well, name I mean, names, I mean, but in general, yeah, right, exactly, maybe. exactly. There are a couple of uh, projects I worked for ago. There was a counseling side, and then there was a medical aspect. There was a medical side, mm-hmm. and the medical side they would tend to sort of lend their two cents to the people that we were working with because we sort of shared a patient load. And in many cases, while well-intentioned, it ended up not being, and not and it, 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 it was flew in the face of what, what what I was trying to do with my client. And you know, I, there were, I had spoken to this person a couple of different times, and the behavior didn't change, and it became very apparent that the person was doing this because she, this person felt the sense of uh, validation at, at having that sort of uh, being taken into the confidence of the person that they were talking to. Mm. So it, I mean. It was, and they didn't. They didn't necessarily care that what they were doing was potentially harmful, or didn't see it as such, and refused to really, you know, listen. Um, so it, it became, it became something that I had to uh, even attempting to address head on. And and when it when I realized that the emotion uh, was still staying with me, I had to start practicing different forms of of trying to you know what I mean get rid of that negative emotion for uh, positive self care. Yeah, a way to describe it. That's a great segue into what you're going to chat about, which is when all else fails, if the interpersonal styles that I talked about, like a negative coworker, the greatest suggestion is to try to remove yourself from them as much as possible, Mm -hmm. whether it's a manager or a coworker, keep your head down, stay away from them. So say that Mm -hmm. some of those don't work, say it's a boss that you can't avoid and say, you don't Mm -hmm. really have a choice because to be honest, there've been times in my life, especially in the field that I chose where there is Mm -hmm. a culture of negativity and bullies and Mm -hmm. your job is like, a national job hosting something, there's not really like, let me just update my resume and I'll get a new job. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or sometimes you don't have the skills to move jobs. So how can we take care of ourselves within an environment that may not be optimally mentally or emotionally healthy? Are there ways that we can practice self-care and still stay mentally and emotionally healthy and strong and vibrant within a culture that Mm -hmm. isn't that way? Sure. Well, maybe strong and vibrant may be too aggressive of words, but okay. I think that we can Survive. certainly, I think we could certainly, <laughs> yeah, right? I know, I think that we can, I, I didn't mean to come off as, right? Like, but I think that there are ways that we can sort of make lemonade. Yeah, I love that. Mm, excuse me. I think that, you know, uh, switching jobs, all that other stuff, I think those may be good intermediate to long-term solutions, but, you know, what do you do in the meantime? Yeah. Well, one, I think the best place to start assuming you have the wherewithal to do this, is to talk to the other person, you confront the other person, and set clear, healthy boundaries. Assuming that you've done that and the person has blown past that, the, the, probably the best sign of, of an unhealthy relationship is an inability to set boundaries and have the other person, or to, to set them and have, and have the other person respect them. Mm. I mean, mindfulness is an excellent way of doing that. You know, take advantage of your breaks. Take advantage of moving a muscle change of thought. I'm a huge proponent of that. What we know about the brain and, and how it works if you can raise your heart rate up above, you know, 120 beats per minute, that's like a brisk walk, really. What happens is endorphins get released in your brain. Serotonin gets released in your brain. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter 
responsible for us feeling confident and competent. Those kinds of things definitely can add, while not, you know, taking a, a situation with a mm. 3 out of 10 and turning it into a 9 out of 10, it can certainly uh, improve it even ever so slightly. Find some way to raise your heart rate. Personally, what I've done, I, I've been fortunate enough to uh, have my own place that I could go, a parking lot, or walk around there, or, you know, have, have my own office or to that effect, and I'll do push-ups. Push-ups. I have a deck of cards app in my phone. I flip over the cards. I'll do push-ups. Whatever number is on there, that's how many push-ups I'll do. No way. I love this. Okay, so he's saying download a deck of cards app, which I'm going to do right after this, and then look at the number on it, and then do that many push-ups when you're feeling like, you know what, this person just stressed me out in some sort of way, and I can't deal with it. I think it's a good way to take emotion and sympathize it and, and sort of just get it off your chest. Sure, all, but it's certainly better than the alternative of just sitting there and stewing on it. Exactly. No, and that's what Pete's here to do is if you can't leave the situation immediately or in any time in the near future, how do you keep yourself sane and healthy within it? So number one, and that is so simple, do something physical. Maybe if you don't want to do push-ups, maybe it's four laps around your office building or whatever the number is. Squats, jumping jacks, whatever. Yeah. Move, move your body, baby. That's what <laughs> Right. So if you get a Jack or a King or a Queen or Ace, how many is that? Is that like 11, 12, 13, 14? for Kings are 10. Aces are 25. Jokers are 50. 50? 50. Oh my gosh. Don't pull a Joker. That's Okay. So move your body, which is great. I love it. Yes. Another thing you can do, um, which always helpful is find that other person and challenge him to a fist fight in the park. Don't do that. that. Um, He's joking. He's joking, everyone. It's not a bad idea, but. All right. Well, no fist fight. No fist fight. (laughs) Tickle fight, maybe, but no fist fight. Don't do that. Don't talk. Don't keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands to yourself. Right. Exactly. There's another app, which is an excellent, so it gives you a bunch of different mindful activities to do. And it's just essentially calling your attention to where you are, bringing your head to where your feet are. Oftentimes when we get activated, it's, an, it's a very emotional response. We're bypassing our frontal, our prefrontal cortex, the thing that we use to make decisions. Mm. So we go straight into a, a very emotional response and it's not, we're not in the moment step. You know what I mean? Or if we're sitting down stewing on something, it's, it's either pressing about the past or worrying about the future. Either way, you're not where you are. And there are things that you can do in the moment, whether you're at your work, whether you're you know, going to a mindful activity, and just notice without judgment or explanation, just notice what the sensation of you know the keyboard like to your to your, to your fingers, some of the sounds that you hear, uh, the things that you see, just notice them. And uh, there's a an attention exercise that I do with folks. Um, it's a DDT attention exercise. It's like start at the top of your head. And then work your way down your body and notice things. Mm. And pay attention to the muscle, right? Like, and think about like, in your neck or in your ears or in your jaw and just notice what they're doing. Right? Are you tense? What are the fibers doing? Picture the individual fibers. I mean, these are things that can sort of that will bring your mind back to where your feet are. Pete, do you have like a quick one to two minute exercise that you could either guide us through right now or even just... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's do it. So I'd like you to sit, put your feet squarely on the floor, and keep your hands in your lap, shoulders back, 
and just let's start with the, just a deep breath. And I want you to picture sort of this invisible string, just kind of at the top of your head, pulling your spine upright. Just comfortably to fit the straight spine. I want you to notice, call your attention to the top of your head without judgment or story or explanation, just notice it. What does it feel like? And I want you to work your way down and think about your forehead. And what are the muscles doing there? What does the skin feel like? What's the temperature in the room? Just notice it. What's happening with your ears? What's happening with your jaw? Is it tense? Is it sore? Just relax. And think about your neck. And the muscles in your neck. And think about relaxing the muscles in your neck. No story, no judgment. And then call your attention to your shoulders. What do they feel like in your shirt? What does the sensation feel like? What's the start? Call your attention to your back. What does it feel like in the chair that you're sitting in? What does it feel like inside your sweater? Just notice. And you work your way down to your seat. What do you notice about that? What does the cushion feel like? And you call your attention to your legs and your knees. What do they feel like in your pants? What does it feel like to be bent? What do you notice about them? And you call your attention to your calves. And finally, your feet. What do they feel like in your socks? What do they feel like in your shoes? What do they feel like in your boots? What do they feel like on the floor? And we'll finish with a deep breath. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, that's just sort of a general way. <laughs> yeah, no, that was so, so good. I feel so much more relaxed, honestly. Mm. Pete, is there any way that you could make mm. us a short video of that? Yeah, sure. Okay, I would love that. Everyone Absolutely. listening would probably love it as well. Absolutely. I feel a million times calmer. That was beautiful. So a couple minutes listening to Pete's soothing voice. <laughs> through a meditation yeah. doing the can I get that in writing <laughs> I'm going to show I'm going to go home and show it to Kelly say somebody thinks so I'm going to show it to your wife um, yeah. no I'm I'm really serious I think that there's some people like you were talking about I'm a huge lover of the brain <clears throat> and really when we experience mental or emotional disturbances it really is our brain mm -hmm. right and the way that neurotransmitters are getting sent off through our brain, mm -hmm. which is fascinating. Okay. So, and some of those ways, Pete just nailed two of them, right? Raise your heart rate, you know, move a muscle, change a thought. And then the other way is to sort of bring it down with mindfulness based stress reduction really is what that was an example of. Mm -hmm. 
So both great ways, depending on your personality. That was an attention exercise. This is an awareness exercise. An awareness exercise would be, you know, look around the room, five things that you see, five things that you can touch, you know, three things that you can hear. You may want to avoid taste because otherwise you're just walking around licking things and that's not a good idea. But um, <laughs> thinking about those kinds of things, so just, the, the more senses you can engage in a, in a given time, but the higher the likelihood that you're going to be able to be present and bring your mind to, to where your feet are. That's beautiful. So he said, just in case your phone cut out a little bit, um, to focus on things in the room and say, like, I see a lamp. There is a lamp right in front of me. I see mm-hmm. a picture. There is a picture right in front of me. Mm-hmm. There is a, uh, so a third uh, mindful uh, technique may be uh, a mindful breathing exercise. It's something called square breathing. So, um, Tell me the name of it again. Uh, it's, it's square breathing. Oh, is what square it's breathing. So you, you would, yeah, so you would, I suppose you could swear and breathe. <laughs> I don't know that it would have the effect of calming you down. Although it might be, help, it might be fun. <laughs> so the square breathing is take a deep breath. As you're breathing in, count to four. Hold at the top, count of four. Exhale, count of four. Hold at the bottom, count of four. Do that a couple of times. That should help, you know, bring your heart rate back down to, which is essentially when your heart rate uh, speeds up when you're, you know, upset and stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your frontal lobe, obviously, is, is offline. So, so by bringing your heart rate back down, it gives you the opportunity to bring your frontal lobe back into the picture. Another way of giving yourself a little shot of serotonin, which is going to provide a sense of comfort, is... Um, for any of the you know the wealthy groups, uh, any any of our parents out there that are listening, it's sort of like you know when, when the kid is crying, you know that you know they they not their diaper and that they have a full belly. Mm. Uh, so it's like okay, well, what are they looking for? Well, maybe they just want human contact. You know, and you walk over to your baby and you kind of bend over and you just pick her or him up and hold him close to your chest and and. All of a sudden, it stops. It's like, oh, okay, well, I feel good. Well, we can sort of find a way to, to, to do, do a little of that with yourself. And, and if you take sort of the uh, heel of your hand and you sort of find it, put it at the, at the very bottom of your chest, um, just right on your sternum, um, and you sort of make a um, sort of overlap that hand with your other hand. And if you compress that ever so slightly, you'll get a shot of serotonin. Just to recap, so place your hand under your sternum. Is that what you said? Right at the bottom of your chest, right on your sternum, mm-hmm. but it's like right, right underneath your nipple, right there. And just sort of push in a little bit. Yeah. That's one way of doing it. So under your sternum, push in a little. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just right on top of your sternum, not underneath oh. it, because that's not going to compress your sternum. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> say it like seven more times and I'll get it. So right on top of yeah. your sternum. Really? Yep, Let me try yep. it. Did you say under your nipple? Not to use the word nipple. Okay. Right underneath the word nipple. For, we, <laughs> for females too, underneath their nipples? Uh, I, I, this is an awkward conversation to be having with my good friend's husband, but indeed, there's indeed, thousands yeah. of people listening too, so I feel like it's okay. So underneath, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so underneath our nipples. Oh, I like, oh, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> that does make me happier. There you go. Here's the thing. If you don't want to do that in public when you're by yourself, who cares? But if you're, you know, if, you're, if you might be feeling a little self-conscious, there's another way to do that that looks a little bit more acceptable, perhaps, to the ego. 
if you take your hand, open it, and then place it directly underneath your armpit. So it's like crossing your body. Mm-hmm. And you take your other hand and wrap it around your tricep of the opposite arm. Mm-hmm. So it just looks like you're crossing your arms. Yep. And then pull your elbow backwards towards your spine. Yep. You get the same experience. And it just looks like you're crossing your arms. Mm. Like you could do that at a, at a meeting, at a business meeting or at a, I mean, that would be socially acceptable rather than, you know, hunting for your nipples in front of the boss. Yeah, but even that, I mean, yeah, that's true. That would be a little awkward. I could definitely do that in an yeah. office, though. Just, you know, mm-hmm. give it a push. <laughs> um, Pete Perotta, these are Certainly great. one way to change the work environment. Yeah. <laughs> These have all been incredible. Any last simple and real ways that we can take care of ourselves and help increase our mental and emotional health in spite of our work condition that you want to leave with us before we let you go? Well, I, yes. You know, honestly, I think that it's, it's important for us, you know, how, what we do for a living is the way that we self-actualize in Western civilization, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in Western culture, I should say. And, and I think it's important to find ways that you can connect and bring joy with other people outside of work. Uh, in, in very many cases, the, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, so few of us are going to get careers. Many people get, the overwhelming majority of us have jobs. Now, you know, when I define career as something that lights you up inside, mm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and if you don't have that experience, uh, it, it's very beneficial to, to find a way to connect with people or connect with that sort of sense of, of personal pride. You know, it, it, at the end of the day, we are the only ones that are responsible for looking back on our lives and, and, and being able to determine whether or not it was a life well lived. Oh. Pete, I love that. I feel that, so the whole premise of Wall Seekers was really that, how to live a life well lived and a beautiful life. Mm. And that definition, you just really nailed it. I've always said that the idea of perfect, there's no such thing. It's a social construct that we've created in every Mm -hmm. the perfect job or the perfect this or the perfect that there's no such Mm -hmm. thing. It's just, it is what it is. And you decide what's good for you. And that goes for Mm -hmm. relationships, for jobs, for everything. So you're totally right. At the end of the day, it's, your whole life as a whole. It's not necessarily even your job. So look for other relationships outside work to support you if you can't have the work life that you just absolutely love. That's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Thank you. Pete, so great to have you and get to know a little bit more about you and just, you've been incredible, such great tips. And we'll look out for that video um, of Pete doing some mindfulness-based stress reduction. If you have time, we'd love to see that and we can put it on the site as well. Absolute honor and a privilege, if not uh, stressful and annoying for folks who don't like to listen to long-winded people. (laughs) (laughs) You were perfect. Pete Parada, licensed professional counselor. Give us a way to reach out to you, Pete, if we want to get a hold of you because he has his own practice and he's incredible. Absolutely. I can be found on Psychology Today. It's just my name. Peter P D E R uh Florida, P E R R O D D A. Uh, I can be reached at eight six zero seven five one nine one two five. My email is uh, P Parada. Uh P P E R R O D D A 
uh, therapy, the word therapy, all one word, uh, at Outlook.com. I'd be honored and privileged to work with you. We'll make it easy for them, Pete. We'll put a link to Pete's psychology today on this podcast. So if you want to find Pete, you can contact him there. Oh, thank you. Of course. I appreciate it. Thank you. Pete Parada, licensed professional counselor. Thanks so much for your advice and your expertise and your wisdom. Thanks, guys. Take care. And we'll be right back on Well Seekers. Look, we're already friends, right? So let's make it official. Just find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at WellSeekers. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. And we're back on WellSeekers. Thanks so much to Pete Parada for his time and expertise and helping us um, all deal with situations at work where if we're not mentally and emotionally in a good place, we can still be okay. Some of those techniques that Pete gave us were incredible, but I'm also about tools that can help us. And if you go to our site, if you go to wellseekers.com and you click on the shop tab, we do have um, those boxes. And in our fall box, we had something called labyrinth. And this labyrinth tool is one of my favorite things to do if I'm ever feeling stressed out or anxious, or when I did experience workplace bullying or negative coworkers, these are one of the tools that I used at work to help. Like Pete was talking about, your brain is wired. Once something triggers it, it you know, neurons and neurotransmitters send through various parts of your brain. And they're telling you, you know, raise your heart rate, your anxiety increases, different things mentally and emotionally happen, which I'm happy to walk through in more detail in another episode. But what the labyrinth does is helps calm you down. So it can reduce anxiety, reduce depression by helping those neurotransmitters send different messages. Um, So if you click on the shop button, on wellseekers.com. And again, they don't endorse this show. I'm not paid to say this in any sort of way. It's just a tool that I love to use and would love to pass on to you. So on the featured tools, you'll see it. Or if you want the whole box, just go to our fall box, even though it's for fall, it can still benefit you now and click on that. And you can see that the labyrinth is in there and a bunch of other things, but it's literally just this um, sheet of paper. And on the back, it'll explain to you what that specific pattern is good for. And you just trace the pattern. You can trace it with your finger, with a pen, with a variety of other things, anything that you have in your hand. Um, and it literally will calm you down, make you feel more more centered and help with some of that emotional and a mental and mental stress that can happen when you experience negativity at work or a workplace bully. And last thing I want to say to you is if you are experiencing negativity at work or a workplace bully, is that one thing I learned through the process of researching this show is that you are definitely not alone. And like Pete pointed out, if you are experiencing that, I know it can feel so intense in the moment. Like this is my life, what's going on, but it is not your life and it doesn't have to be. Not because you are going to immediately change that situation, but like Pete was saying, what else is in your life? How else can you nurture and support your life outside of work if you can't change your work situation? You do have control over so many other aspects of your life. And I know in the moment I felt like I didn't have control when I was experiencing workplace bullying or negative coworkers at work, but you do have control and you do have other ways that you can express that in your life. Some of it is doing those techniques that Pete talked about. Some of maybe it's doing this labyrinth to help put you in, in a better mind space, but it's also filling your life outside of work with self-care and nourishment and people and places that lift you up. 
So know you're not alone and know that you are so much more than the hours you spend at work. I know we put this in our disclaimers, but I also just want to say if you ever have an emergency, make sure you call 911 or go to your local hospital. Don't DM us. I'd love to get your messages, but if it is an emergency or something critical, make sure you do seek help. From all of us here at Wellseekers, we are so honored to be with you on your journey to happy and well. I think if there's one thing I learned this week from Pete is that this show is so needed in the sense that we don't put a lot of emphasis on taking care of our mental and emotional well-being, and that can lead to a life that isn't fully lived, and we so want to support you on your journey to happy and well, and it is an honor and privilege to be with you on that journey. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll talk to you next week on Wellseekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.